1: just recognizing that and you know we don't expect you guys to have a candlelight visual or be all dressed in black if you want to have a swim in the pool if you want to have a barbie if you want to go down to the beach that is totally fine but it's a very big difference between singing Aussie 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 Oi 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 on this day and having time out with your family and reconnecting there's a very very big difference and there's a very big weight behind that and all we're calling for is for you guys to
0: recognize it Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. I grew up in Australia, being taught to sing the Australian anthem with pride. To celebrate Australia Day with a barbecue, friends, drinks... But only in the past few years have I understood what Australia Day, aka Invasion Day, really means for our First Nations people. I'm confused how we can ignore how painful this day is for so many, and I'm disappointed at how little people know or care. So I needed to dedicate an episode to this day with a brilliant woman by the name of AJ, who is passionate about deconstructing Australia Day for you all. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. I pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. I really want to welcome you, AJ, to the first episode of Season 3. You are a mother, a teacher an Indigenous content creator and a PhD candidate, which I just like, <laughs> it's just Yay. so much. That's a bit ambitious. It's a lot. It's a lot. It definitely is. This week Australians are either celebrating Australia Day or pushing against it by by being an ally and, and saying perhaps Invasion Day with First Nations people. You have currently created a course, so you're deeply wise Mm. in this field on breaking down what all of this means. Can you start us with, okay, the first thing people are are going to want to understand that don't understand is why is this a problem?
1: Mm, Definitely. I think that's a great question. And um, as you were saying over on my uh, Insta, eighty nine eighty three AJ, I'm offering a workshop and this workshop will be available throughout the rest of the month. But I guess that's what we're really delving into because the problem is with these big issues is there's no one simple answer. And so many people will have their own opinions. So I think that's why it's so important when discussing things that relate to Indigenous people, we have a, a holistic approach, you know, so we're looking at different angles when um, analysing these types of issues and understanding that they're also multidisciplinary or that they're Mm. in different areas of our everyday life. So they affect us politically, socially, emotionally, culturally, Uh, our health, all of it is impacted by Australia Day.
0: Because I can say growing up in Sydney, Australia, it was even in my education through primary school, through high school, that it showed definitely one side of the coin. And now that I'm an adult and a parent myself, I uh, am learning what this actually means. And I have shame around celebrating a day that causes so much trauma for so many. So what is, can you tell us what happened on that day? Yep. So this is really an amazing question,
1: and I feel like a lot of these truths are going to be uh, are going to result in the change that's needed. I think really sitting down and having conversations about what exactly happened, and discussing, I guess, the impacts that it has on our sense of identity today. So in actuality, the first fleet arrived, I believe, in Port Botany, um, and they arrived on the twentieth of January. So it in fact wasn't even the twenty sixth. They then had to um, move to a new or more better or appropriate settlement space for, you know, the crew and obviously the prisoners and um, everyone was very sick, very malnourished, uh, exhausted. Uh, many of the uh, settlers were actually in fact forced and then like I was mentioning um, we were having people or individuals that were prisoners so this was already a demographic that was very vulnerable and uh, moving into a space that wasn't appropriate or safe or providing the appropriate uh, provisions was adding even more stress so they actually had to get up and move and that was to the Sydney Cove, and that was where we get the 26th of January date.
0: Okay. So on this day the white man comes on First First Nations land and they come with guns and they come with lots of men and disease and all of the things that come with uh, taking over a a new land. Mm. How is it for the First Nations people? Because this is what I guess we're trying to do is, yes, Australia is uh, named Australia and the white man has settled, right? But what does it mean for everyone that has been here already?
1: Mm. So it is... um... The impacts of settlement, uh, it is greatly researched and greatly uh, documented. So there's lots of different actual narratives captured by uh, the white settlers or explorers themselves or even other um, people that were just taking note and they caught or captured this really uh, devastating impacts. In the first 10 years of settlement, the entire population throughout Australia um, had gone down 90% of what its original ha- inhabitancy was. So there was a 10% of the Indigenous population um, left in the Sydney region alone. So I'm massacre... A literal massacre, but this is where it gets really interesting because it was a combination of things. So, the first was the lack of access to lands, so that's traditional foods, uh, medicines, and waters. Um, so, accessing clean water. Then there was the massacres, as you've mentioned. And, guys, these were not massacres in whatever you sense you may think a massacre is, reevaluate it. These are arsenic, poison. This is poisoning waters, uh, blankets that are covered in diseases. This is pushing people off cliffs. Um, But also, yep, also the other impacts, guys, was the diseases. So we're looking at smallpox. We're looking at influenza. We're looking at um, any type of uh, bacterial infection as well was negatively affecting the population. But also explicitly, guys, we need to state was the venereal diseases. So women and young women were at such great risks and just passing away dramatically as a result of the sexual slavery, abuse um, and degradation that our women were exposed to. And if you remove a large female population out of a generation, you do not have children being born you know if, if women are passing away uh, or dying at those large numbers at what they were you're looking at a genocide and that's exactly what happened with the massive decrease in population in the Sydney region early on settlement and I'd also like to say this decrease in numbers would be very similar around the continent so once settlements start happening in Adelaide settlement happening in Victoria settlement happening in Queensland these same ramifications in relation to population would have um, Populated,
0: I feel as just a human being, you sit there and you go that is so disturbing and disgusting. How could I celebrate or toast a glass to so much trauma that has been inflicted and exactly. is that and and I feel like what has happened here is There's been a drowning out of the truth, obviously, for many, many years and a highlighting of this victory. And we're all going along with this thing that we actually aren't ready to um, pick apart and also take part of our own part in that because I think we have to sit in the shame of not knowing better or celebrating or not educating ourselves or our children to... Shift this because the fact that we've got a conversation now that is, do we change the date? Do we get rid of the date? What do you feel? (laughs) I mean, I know that's a very personal question.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to share. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy you've discussed this. And again, I feel like whenever we're moving forward, we need to, um, again, like I was saying, have a holistic approach. So many of you guys listening or if you are not involved within the Indigenous space or spaces, there is a very big uh, debate or conversation happening around Indigenous Australia endorsing, changing the date or abolishing it. Now, what we're seeing here is a conversation between people's personal beliefs, people's personal uh, preferences. But again, we're seeing a large uh, push behind changing the date and it's becoming a type of endorsement. You will see larger social media profiles. Um, There are other mainstream Australians standing in solidarity with this specific Uh, change and for someone like me who is on the other side of the spectrum which is abolish the date and create something new it is again watching the strategizing behind these specific movements because to completely deconstruct something and create something new takes a lot of hard work a lot of effort rather than simply changing a date.
0: It's even in my Google Calendar Like it's just set. It's set and it's in stone and it's the way that it has been. And I think for there to be any change, it really has to take everyone having deep investment into what is happening. And I know a lot of people feel like, oh, it's just a public holiday. Like I don't really care. You know, it's like the Queen's birthday and I'm not, you know, I don't care about the monarchy. I just want the holiday. Yep. Yep. And that's
1: exactly, that, that is exactly that systematic backing. So, guys, the, there's something that I want you all to take away from this. And this is looking at the historical foundations of what we have. You know, we are such a new country. We are such a recent country um, in relation to other nation states or other nationhoods. So I've been doing a lot of research and in my Deconstructing Australia Day workshop, if any of you guys are interested, we really uh, delve into the Australian Natives Association. So don't think Natives Association was led by Indigenous people. Mm. This is an organisation that arose uh, to protect white men and white men that were born in Australia. So what they believed was that they were natives as they were born on this country. So with analysing or looking at the work of the ANA, we really start to understand why people like Pauline Hansen uh, proclaim their indigeneity, you know, proclaim that they are from this land, when in actuality it was her father's generation where they were considered um, natives. So this specific organisation, what they did was endorse the federation of this country. So they wanted to pull everyone together and everybody at the time was celebrating different Australia Days. So what they pretty much said was we need to become a stronger nation state, we need to pull together, we need to keep the enemies out, which were people of colour and, ironically, Indigenous people at the same time. We need to keep them out, we need to keep them silent, we need to keep this little white bubble. That is where Australia Day came out, pushing propaganda, pushing this a public holiday, and they were very, very strategic. Originally, Australia Day was not even celebrated on January 26th. It was celebrated on the Monday closest. So whatever date that fell on to ensure that it would be a public holiday because this body, this collective recognised that that is what the people wanted, a public holiday.
0: <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's so... It's it, unbelievable. So, yeah. I'm mind boggled. I think I'm mind boggled Mm -hmm. because something that can be so dangerous Mm -hmm. is just for people to have a day off work.
1: And they knew the power of it because that's the thing, guys. When we're talking about white supremacy when we're talking about the support or the endorsement of these white ideologies or white nationhood. Because let's be clear, Australia Day is not about a multicultural identity. We do not celebrate migration. We do not celebrate the role of women in founding this country. We do not look at LGBTIQ+. We do not look at the migration or refugee history of this nation. It is explicitly white. That is what we're celebrating a chapter of our history where it was completely whitewashed. And with white supremacy and a lot of the other work I do and share on my page, I'm analysing the ways and the manoeuvres and the mechanising of these decisions and how they impact us today. And the use or abuse of a public holiday is a way that they got their foot in the door and is a way that they have this country thinking this specific date defines our national identity.
0: Because this is what's fascinating is it's just for the white man it's not for, and that's quite literal it's not for women it's not for anything that's progressive my whole family do, doesn't fit in that box right mm, and still exactly. you're educated that this is going to be a positive thing and you're taught this the anthem as a 5 year old in primary school so it is a level of whitewashing and propaganda you're completely right but what do you say then to the people because I did ask my community how they felt about this day and I did ask some of the responses were disappointing to me and they were saying you know my generation landed here and they're survivors you know like they as you said they were prisoners on the boat and they made a life for themselves and all of that right they're just kind of um they weren't the ones that instilled any of this stuff. They were just trying to survive as well. So we're celebrating that they made it that far. What is your take on that?
1: I guess I guess I understand that you would want to celebrate the success or survival of your ancestors, and a lot of people in this country that um, have come to Australia in very different uh, periods of this of this country. But what I want you to really ask yourself, and I guess my biggest question to anybody that wants to celebrate Australia Day in honor of their ancestors, let's really analyze what you're celebrating. Your ancestors undoubtedly contributed to the oppression, marginalization, and unfortunate deaths of indigenous people. Now, this is may have been directly, they may have been doing the poisoning, they may have been pulling the guns, or it may have been they were building the farms scaring away the Indigenous animals or pulling up the Indigenous crops and reeds that we use to survive, or even polluting our water with your cattle. So I understand that it's not always literal. Genocide does not always look, or these massacres don't always look like what we've been told in books. But what we have to do is apply apply the critical lens and understand as a result of European settlement in this country, it resulted in my ancestors' death and all i'm asking for is not to shame your ancestors or devalue their efforts but just recognize the impacts that they've had
0: and that having a day that focuses on that much trauma is a real triggering thing for the people that still are attached to that exactly because i think everyone else has well the white the white population has evolved into believing it's just a public holiday yet the first nations community is still profoundly impacted and reminded every day of their loss of their trauma of their grief on that day and that everyone around them the whole country including the media and all everywhere you are on that day uh is turning their back on on the cause that's right And these are the
1: same people that, you know, and it's very um, true, the same people that want to celebrate Australia Day are quite frequently the same ones that don't want to recognise their white privilege. So these are the same people that will say, "I uh, when my people came to this country, you know, I'm fourth generation, we fought our way up, we got the farms, we worked, or wherever it may be, whatever capacity, I may have been a shop, you know, or a restaurant, whatever capacity it is, these same people think, well, if I've made all this collective, if we've made it, everyone else can. With little to no recognition of the white uh, privilege they have, Mm -hmm. all the opportunities they've been provided, all the power they've been provided. Because that is another really important point in recognising this day is recognising your positioning in this country and recognising our dispossession. And I think that is really important with analysing this because if you're just changing a day, you're changing the day. But what I want you to really do is understand what I'm going through right now in contemporary society and also what our ancestors have gone through on the day that this country was settled.
0: Because that's the thing. There's also this other sense of turning a blind eye and just going, well, mm. we live in the lucky country. <laughs> yeah.
1: Another thing with uh, abolishing the day or just not celebrating this specific day, okay, whatever it means and with reflections of the Australian Natives Association and their White Australia policy because this is intertwined with Australia Day. That's why it needs to go, okay? But let's also analyse what is, the, what are we celebrating in Australia? What, What events, what specific moments of our history are we proud of? And I think if you in your own journey reflect on that and find those answers, that is great for creating something in the future. But if you're a bit gobsmacked, if it takes you a good hour, if it takes you a good two to sit back and think about what you've what got to be proud about, about this country, I can't give you anything. I cannot sit here and tell you um, that this country is, is amazing, is fantastic, because as an Indigenous woman, on my side of the fence, it is extremely racist, it is extremely misogynistic, it is full of featurism, so judging people on their specific features, it's full of colorism. we judge people on their specific colours, it's a wealth, uh, there's great social stratification in this country, the richer keep getting richer and the poorer keep getting poorer. There's no domestic violence support. There's no drugs or rehabilitation services in this country. And, guys, these are not explicitly black issues. These are issues for everybody in this country. So what we're also seeing is a divide between being marginalised, being poor, and being rich. And I think it's really important that we start reflecting on that in this nation because I am going to say it, look what's happening in America, you know, and Australia historically, if you look across the board, politically, socially, culturally, all of the above, we admire, we follow in the footsteps of America. It's like our big brother. We're constantly um, supporting them and and following them in their sense of nationhood and, you know, white supremacy and protectionism and keeping them out. All of these notions have been modelled off. America and specifically in relation to black bodies in this country, indigenous people, what 's happened with the African slave trade within America and the treatment of Native Americans moving them onto reservations, missions again, celebration in America of settlement we're doing the exact same thing
0: mm-hmm. um, It feels to me though that the people in charge look at this as if we start with this thing or we start with the anthem or the flag or whatever it is they don't know how to unravel it in a way that's going to be progressive and work right it feels like to them it's all so messy or a domino effect if we do this and we do that oh my god then we have to say sorry and then we have to give them their land back and then we have to we owe them money and all of those things right feels like they can't even do one thing because then they have to own it all and i think that's the point right we want to that's get the point. to the p- where they own it that's right. And
1: that's the other thing. That's another big myth is, you know, we've been told this narrative around Aboriginal people and money and we want our land to become economically viable. Indigenous people want their lands to protect and preserve them. We aren't selling them off to mining companies. When we win our native land, uh, land claims, we're protecting and preserving them for everybody. Yes, we have our sacred sites, but those are specific areas. Uh, even from our own people, we have to have permission to access them, uh, things like paintings or specific marks in the earth can be uh, uh, destroyed from humans uh, trudging through and things of that nature. So that's the first level. So I think there's a lot of myths and a lot of lies about uh, Indigenous populations, mm-hmm. but also other marginalised collectives. You know, if we look at uh, the Chinese experience in this country or like I ch- I'm touching on in my uh, Deconstructing Australia Day, the role of the Dutch in navigating Australia and their interactions with the Indigenous populations, we are being told these false narratives around Involvement or participants in this country in order to protect and preserve the white history. And I just want to make two more points. During NAIDOC week, there was a large call for uh, Parliament House to display the Aboriginal flag, I believe, in the chambers. Please forgive me, I'm not into all that jazz, but they wanted to show the uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander flag in their chambers. That was denied. So uh, the decision was explicitly released in the week of NAIDOC week. But what is really interesting is the Uh, individuals that were pushing this bill were lobbying or working hard for four weeks prior. But that news was systematically presented during our week. So we're told during our week of celebration, you had all this time to let us know that we're not displaying your black flags, that is dropped during that week. But then several months later, we're told that the lyric in our national anthem, we've been calling, uh, lobbying for recognition and how problematic it is. One word is changed from young to free mm. this is systematic oppression this mm. is internalized racism and white supremacy because if you're going to change one lyric one word sorry from young to free you are telling yet again another lie to secure your white truth and your white sense of nationhood
0: and safety it just makes me feel really sad because it feels like the first first nations people are in a toxic Relationship Mm -hmm. that they can't win. You know, it's like a bigger bully muscle dude that just is like, "I'm just gonna flip the bird at you on your birthday because I can."
1: Or even worse than that, put you against the wall and choke you out. You know, yes, that remove all your water from the house. You're not drinking. You know, the most cruelest of things and the most insults. Like that lyric change from "Young to Free," guys is gonna forever. Um, Now I have trauma. I have trauma from our Prime Minister signing off on that and telling me or telling our ancestors that we're free, you know, that we are free when we are not. My auntie, who's alive, was four years old a slave on Sherberg Mission. And there are countless stories of people in this country that were forced into indentured labour and slavery. So that, again, the narrative being free is fulfilling that story or that narrative around there being no slavery in this country.
0: how do you turn up on the 26th? So this is where it gets good, guys.
1: Um, (laughs) Obviously, during COVID, um, Miss Rona were unable to celebrate. But what I want to let you all know, wherever you're tuning in, whatever part of this continent you're from, or uh, wherever you're based in Australia, we always have an alternative event. So in Sydney, we have Yavin, I believe in Brisbane, it's a survival day uh, still falls under that name, but it is a day that we come together and we celebrate our survival. Now, it's not mourning as such, but it's rather celebration and a highlight of our self-determination and continuation of culture. Uh, there's often an open, uh, opening ceremony, so everyone is welcomed into the space. We start off with a smoking ceremony, going around and paying homage and honour to the ancestors or the people that have passed away since colonisation. Um, and we also smoke everyone in the audience. So, this is an all inclusive event, guys. Not any ageist, ra- uh, nationality, uh, e- uh, even financial or economic background. Everybody is included to this, uh, invited to this day. Um, So we start off with a smoking ceremony and then there'll be a performance piece that opens uh, up the space and is like a blessing. So it's like a calling upon our ancestors and inviting them as well as inviting our guests into the space. It is a day long full of music, speeches, uh, there's kids' tents, uh, food trucks, you name it. It is just literally a festival of indigeneity, but also standing up against the welfare state and showing solidarity in in first nation people and our survival so that's how i turn up on australia Day.
0: (laughs) god but now we can't even do it (laughs) i know i know i can't even plug we can't even go because of covid okay so what's the second best thing we can do
1: yep so there are some a protest happening in brisbane I'm sorry, guys, I don't have the details. I am Sydney-based, but I know there is a protest, and there might be one in Sydney. Um, I'm not 100% sure on it. So I want to be clear with this. Um, There are Indigenous collectives within these spaces or these states, and they are pushing for a protest on this day to call forth and to stand in solidarity like we did during the Black Lives Matter protests during COVID to spread awareness and to show our government that we are still um, calling for recognition of Indigenous people and what we went through historically and what we're doing now. So if you have the capacity to turn up to these protests, uh, make sure you're wearing your mask, social distance, um, have your hand sanitizer, and just be really smart. But again, if that's not your option, that's not your alternative, I probably won't be doing that. Um, The way I'll be doing it is just reflecting self-reflection on not just the Aboriginal experience or even my tribe's experience, but recognising the experience of this country, where I am and how I got to be here, but also recognising the loss that this country has has gone through in relation to getting here. Australia, guys, was more densely populated with Indigenous peoples than what it is right now in contemporary society. There was Indigenous tribes throughout this whole entire country But as a result of the devastating loss, we are knocked down to like 3% of the population, I believe, currently. So just recognizing that. And, you know, we don't expect you guys to have a candlelight vigil or be all dressed in black. If you want to have a swim in the pool, if you want to have a Barbie, if you want to go down to the beach, that is totally fine. But it's a very big difference between singing Aussie, 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 Oi, Oi, Oi on this day and having time out with your family and reconnecting. There's a very, very big difference and there's a very big weight behind that. And all we're calling for is for you guys to recognize it
0: i'm trying to get my son involved in it <laughs> he's only he's th- almost 3 and Aww. he's like a little sponge and i want to <laughs> do things with him that may that raise him in the way that even if he is learning a, a national anthem at school he understands both sides of things yep are there things cuz you have a daughter are there things yeah. you do you know even on that day yep that You're telling stories or reading books or what do you do to involve her in a way? So I guess for me it's a
1: bit different because obviously I am a part of the Indigenous experience and um, my daughter and I guess there are a lot of other minorities, guys. Because another point I want to make, guys, there are plenty of minorities that recognise their day of colonisation or recognise a day of cultural immersion. So uh, Waitangi Day is an example. Um, We have Pacifica events throughout Sydney. Um, We have, you know, Indian festivals within Sydney. I can't remember. It's slipping my name in my head. I know it's a day of lights. And I'm not comparing this, guys, to what is is, uh, Survival Day. There's no way. There's no way you can compare. But all I'm calling for is the same way that you would apply To uh, yourself to a moment or a festival or a celebration of culture is the exact same frameworks I'm calling for recognition of Indigenous Australia. I feel like we have been so disconnected from the uh, sharing of cultures in this country or even recognition of But my way for non-Indigenous viewership that would like to reflect on this day is, you know, small things. Talk to them about what the Aboriginal flag and the Torres Strait Islander flag means. Talk to them about uh, an Indigenous book or even a painting or even uh, a song, you know. Use our uh, storytelling capacities and share that with your children. Um, And on this day, even just recognising that this was a day that changed our lives, obviously with them being quite young, they can't handle all of that but i feel like what they can handle is understanding that this was a day that changed our our lives forever as indigenous people
0: cuz on that i know that um like i'm married to a maori boy and my son's Aww. part maori and i i heard through those comments as well that like tiny day is also a trigger for a lot of kiwis
1: oh i was about to say (laughs) that's what i mean well and now and i want to make a pay homage thank you so much for pulling that up because guys what we're seeing now is indigenous populations at the forefront of discussing what we want our cultural recognition and representation to be Mm. so i'm so happy you pulled that up and as a mother of a of a moldy sun, you yourself will embark on this journey. And if any of our viewership now have Indigenous children are probably thinking down the same frameworks. Our society has told women and people that aren't Indigenous or don't have direct lineage to be silent. Mm. When in actuality, guys, we need you to use your voices now more so than ever. We need you to amplify our own voices like you're doing right now, but do it in really emotional and safe ways we don't want you guys on google you know googling all the different uh, terrible uh, massacres be aware of it but also look at some paintings listen to some artists listen to speakers listen to um traditional music contemporary music whatever it may be have some time of self-reflection of the bad and the good because that is what we do as indigenous people and i'm sure your husband would do the same We have to lean on our culture to find strength. And I would encourage everyone on this continent to lean on Indigenous cultures to give you strength um, because we need that recognition right now.
0: Because that's really bringing the power back. If you can spend that day that you aren't at work with your family, celebrating a culture that has been, you know, so poorly treated, has, has gone through a genocide, if you could, use that day to spend a part of it and i'm not saying you've got to harp on but spend a part of it um celebrating that culture and learning a little little something that could be a way that everyone goes forth because i know there's definite ways that people are showing solidarity through social media and um i'll get some things from you that people can share yeah as well but um we kind of want to go you know further than yep. black square or whatever it is right. but i think for everyone that is a uh, first nations people the thing that you said to me offline was lots of them still celebrate the day yep Can you help me with that?
1: Yeah. So I guess I want to be really transparent with your viewership, guys. We, as an Indigenous collective, and as a collective that are currently enduring a contemporary genocide. So what I mean by genocide, guys, is we're seeing a privatisation of prisons. We're seeing a lack of health or community resources. And we're seeing a population of our elders that die 10 years younger up to 14 years younger than the non, our non-Indigenous counterparts. So what we're doing is surviving a contemporary genocide. So our people, I want to be always transparent, our people are going through um, conversations right now in regards to changing the date, uh, in re- relation to abolishing it, and we're also seeing Indigenous people that do celebrate this date. Now, my acknowledgement to that would be just like the rest of Australia, we uh, have been conditioned. This has been something we've been brainwashed since the age of five. Mm. We're taught to sing this anthem, uh, stand for the flag, this you know national identity um, embedded into this ancient and flag and a flag that represents England. You know, let's be quite frank here. Um, we really need to understand that. There is always a lived and personal experience. So I want to acknowledge Indigenous people that do celebrate it. But my question to them, just like non-Indigenous folk, would be what are you celebrating? Because if you really can sit down and pinpoint what you're celebrating, I bet you a million bucks, I can counteract that with a way not to celebrate it. Or I can counteract that with the way that that has resulted directly in Indigenous oppression, deaths or marginalisation, if that's farming industry, if that's creating businesses. Aboriginal people were not allowed to get home loans. Mm. We were not able to get business loans. We were not able to read and write. We were not able to become educated. We were not able to work and earn economic income late into the late 70s. So what I want you guys to do is really analyse what are you so proud of this country, even contemporarily, guys. Mm. uh, We have devastating statistics in relation to homelessness, drug, drugs uh education um domestic privatization violence. domestic violence yes. the exactly. the list the list honestly goes on and suicide amongst all of our demographics within this country uh it, we've got a refugee crisis you know to name to name a few okay so let's really start to think about what is happening in this country and not to beat it down not to talk crap and not to just you know give it a good flogging but in order to be a, to be able to move forward and to be able to hope for something better we have to understand what is happening right now and if I would like to say one thing what has enabled Indigenous Australians of this country to be here for 60,000 years or even longer and for us to be the oldest continuing culture in the world no other Indigenous culture has been continuing as long as ours is recognition guys understanding listening and learning and that is what I encourage everybody to do with this day and if you're clinging on to it Sit there and think about why are you are clinging on? Because you've you, you got to be afraid to something to be clinging to a day that your ancestors didn't even arrive here. They arrived on the 20th.
0: <laughs> they arrived on the wrong day. <laughs> um, it has just been such a pleasure. Is there anything thank else you. you feel like we need to know?
1: Um, and I just want to say one last thing, guys. Thank you so much again for providing me with space to speak on this. I want you to think about power. I want you to think about what power, what privileges, what positioning do you have in this society to not acknowledge the devastation that we are experiencing? Mm -hmm. The very fact that you can just say, you know what, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to do what I need to do. The very fact that you have been provided that opportunity is a privilege because for me, from what I have seen, what I have learned, what I have studied, but most importantly, the experience I have lived in this country, every single day, I am reminded that I am not a citizen, that I'm not Worthy, that I am invisible, that my people's contribution to this nation is invisible. We are drunks, we are Centrelink users, petrol sniffers, you name it. That is what I'm reminded every single day. So, moving forward with this date and every day that comes after, I just want to leave you all with that thought. What privileges do you have right now to just want to look the
0: other way? God, I'm just so sorry that that's your truth. Mm, Thank you. And that that has to come back, even highlighted on that on that silly day. So mm-hmm. I wanna thank you. Um thank you for making time because you are one busy woman. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Our final question on the deep is who are you when no one's watching?
1: Oh, that's very
0: profound. Um, I'd like
1: to think when I'm when, when what I'm doing when no one's around or who I am when no one's around, I am a link for my ancestors. I'd like to think that all my ancestors that walk this land uh, my Barkindji, Lachilachi, Birugabi and Waka Waka Blood, I'd like to say that they come down and they speak to me and they encourage me to keep going on this path that I'm on.
0: Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> Thank you for having me. And I want to state this, guys, this is an example of allyship. This is an example of making change in this country, inviting Indigenous people into your spaces, onto your platform and into your lives and providing us with the opportunity to speak into the microphone. So thank you so much for having me.
0: And we're going to put some uh, links in the show notes yes. for your course. And it is uh, cool. only a month, I think you said, but I think yep. people should just start following your handle. We'll put that in the show yeah, notes too. that would be awesome. Because there's, it's constant. You know, it's constant and you're doing the work for us to be better. Thank so <laughs> thank you so much and uh, thank you. I'll uh, connect with you on the 26th.
1: Fantastic. Let's do it.
0: I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at Deep.